0: Hey everyone, this is Push My... I was going to say Push My Podcast Buttons. (laughs) Push My Podcast Buttons. (laughs) I mean, yes. (laughs) Well, that's kind of what happens every week when you think about it. Push
1: My Buttons Games
0: Podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I am Dungeon Master Mike tonight. Here I'm joined with, next on the digital list, because I'm all the way on the East Coast, I have Captain platinum yep Ba-ding! and also we are joined by
2: spectacular fan of pat
0: hey pat. <laughs> she's come out of hiding
2: i did i came out of hiding
0: so welcome. i got stuck in
2: oregon for an extra two days thank you delta
0: i didn't know you were Fuck in oregon tests.
2: yeah i went to oregon to visit family like i did last year and i actually podcasted up there last year um
0: oh i didn't even notice because i was <sighs> not there <laughs>
2: um and yeah i got i got stuck on my way home because i picked delta thinking i wasn't going to get stuck in an airport due to a bunch of delays again if i picked delta and paid more money
0: that happened to me when i went to um (laughs) i went what I, i went to missouri for a work trip and I got stuck in Atlanta for like 5 extra hours because Delta kept on delaying my flight. But you got delayed Did you know for days?
2: Delta? Did you know Delta? Well, I didn't get delayed for days. So, so I got kicked from a flight cuz they oversold. Apparently, they process, do
0: that. But they should not. Yeah, they, they do that all the time.
2: Um, so they gave me a gift card and scheduled me for the next and last flight out of eugene to salt lake um and then they had servers go down (laughs) and so not only did that flight get delayed for an additional five hours uh then it got canceled and i got to sleep in a hotel (laughs) for a night that they paid for thankfully because i was the end of my vacation and i was completely out of money (laughs) Mm -hmm. and uh then the next day, um, eventually, they started sending flights out because it got canceled, like, five or six hours then, too. So it was done. It really <laughs>
0: sounds like the, con- so the concept of overselling a flight is because they want to earn the maximum amount of money because some people don't show up to their flights, right? So you think about how much that flight, those extra seats cost. I don't know how much they oversell by. But like the amount Uh, they would have to.
2: So me and one other person.
0: Okay, so they oversold by two seats, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know how much that is, but it can't cost as much as paying for a hotel flight for you, giving you a free seat on another flight. Mm-hmm. And and constantly pushing you back and giving you gift cards like
2: well so I only got the one gift card and the one gift card paid almost for my ticket it was about fifty bucks difference um mm. so they basically paid for both of my tickets there and back which was nice um and then the hotel was due to cancellations and they had a whole big hoopla and they actually put like the the, the news report said that there was up to seven hundred flights canceled out of Sky USA. Um, So, that included Alaska, Delta, um, American, all those different, um, that are owned under that umbrella. Um, So, Mm. they lost a lot of money, actually.
0: Yeah, Um, they lost a ton of money.
1: Yeah, I wonder how much, like, things are overpriced right now. I am looking for flights home for Christmas, and they are absurd. Even, like, Google's like, these prices are high. Like, it's at, like, the (laughs) far end. And I'm like, I know, bro. Like, help a brother out. You're
2: right. (laughs) It's funny.
1: I've been watching prices home for flights for like flights home for Christmas for several months now, and they are not getting any cheaper. It's, it's annoying.
2: Um, I found this. Okay, so have you guys ever like used uh like uh, afterpay or a firm? No. So 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 they're basically like credit programs that you can do without like getting an actual physical credit card, um, and you pay it in like so many installments. Um, so, so I think it's after that I did and it's alternative airlines. So I book with alternative airlines, um, and I just paid like a monthly or not a monthly, but per paycheck amount to Afterpay, And that's how I got my ticket and I actually got a really good discounted ticket and a, a pretty good, well, I mean, if I didn't get canceled, it was good because it was in Delta and you know, they were. Delta's better than what I'm used to, which is Southwest. So, alternative airlines was how I found my good tickets. Cool, good to know. Matters, but (laughs) I can pretty much only fly.
1: I pretty much only have Delta as the option home. It's crazy,
2: right? And that's that was my thing because Eugene has a small airport and they only allow Delta there. So I I found alternative airlines and I chose just Delta, I guess.
0: All right, well, cool.
2: <laughs> Travel advice I? on your your favorite video game video game, your podcast. Video
0: game podcast. Yep. <laughs> you want to start with some news? Do it. I keep on every time I say that. I I think about the nerd dome podcast when they're all like news news. I you almost know. did news. I always want to do it. <laughs> Should
2: we just? I, do it, I have then? to reframe. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, we got to come up with a cooler one, like like the way Seinfeld would say it or something.
0: Mm. Okay, we'll do something. Yeah,
1: we'll figure I mean, something and out. It's, and it's Uncanny Ryab who does the news, and he does mm-hmm. it so
2: well. He,
0: he does. does do it very well. He did it on our last recording.
2: We should just have him come on every time and minimum do that.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> he, he said he's he's generally available Friday nights. And we were talking about how we how we wanted to get um, our uh, our friend from the United Kingdom, Lucy, back on. Uh, we'll have to contact her. I haven't done that yet, but we'll have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, we got some news. I figured we'd start with some wholesome stuff before I start raging. Uh, but okay. th- there was uh, an article by Kotaku, and it's titled, Senior Couple Was Having Trouble with The Last of Us 2 he answered their Craigslist ad. And it goes into a story about how an elderly couple want, uh, wanted to get into gaming because they wanted to keep their minds working as they're getting higher up there in age. The, the risk of like memory loss and, and loss of motor function is very high unless you can keep your mind kind of functioning and, and, and thinking. And so they thought, okay, what's something that's not like incredibly physically demanding but can keep us going? We've done like, you know, reading. Who does that anymore, right? <laughs> um, but they wanted to try gaming. So they ended up getting a PlayStation 4 Pro and they just looked at reviews. And they're like, we wanted a like a serious, like a serious movie level game. Because all the other stuff they were looking at looked too cartoonish or too kiddy. And they weren't interested in that. So they picked up The Last of Us 2. Which is not a game that you pick up for your first game. I haven't right. played Last of Us Two yet. I played Number One, um, but I kind I kind of know like the, the big spoiler that's involved already. Um, but like at the very end, they they get they get to the spoiler part, and um, Bruce, who is the older man, he said that um, what was it? He said uh. I'm trying to look for the particular quote, but like he was in the army. He, he has done some really intense things and he's like, this game rattles my cage. It really frightens me. <laughs> um, I guess they were just kind of shocked that like, gaming has come this far, but they were having a really difficult time learning the controls. Um, they, they, like there are lots of things that we growing up as gamers just know how to do intuitively. And they had no clue, like, you know, you get a little button that has, you know, like an X or a triangle on it as a kind of like hovering over an item, you know, oh, I can just go and press the button there and pick up an item or do something. And they took something like two hours to figure out what that meant.
1: I thought it was a day and a half that they were just stuck in the first room or something of Ellie. Yeah. Family. They couldn't figure
0: out how to get out of the first room. It, it took them like a day and a half. And when they finally got out of the room, they like cheered, they were super happy. Um, but they realized we need someone to teach us. So they put up a Craigslist ad and um, let's see, it ended up finding its ways, its way to Reddit So the way how the Craigslist ad was written was, we want to enjoy this diversion. We need a person who knows the game and how to work the controller. And it was noted like that sounds exactly like grandparents. So people pretty much thought that it was legitimate instead of someone trying to troll. So a 22-year-old actually responded and started spending time with them two days a week for like two to four hours, just teaching them how to play a game. Like not holding their hand, making them do it, like being a teacher, but at the same mm-hmm. time being super patient with them. And he said that they got about like halfway through before um, the 22 year old who, I, uh, 20 I yeah, 22 named Jesse, who goes by Weekend Feel on, on Reddit. Um, he got a new job, so he hasn't really been able to go back recently, but he's trying to get his schedule organized to go back and continue helping them out but it brought up the argument of accessibility features which i've had an argument on this podcast with luke in the past (laughs) and the accessibility features they said were a huge godsend for them for last of us 2 and they were really surprised and shocked that these features aren't included in games across the board um but it turned out they, uh, they just had to put Last of Us 2 down for a little bit, and they're trying some couch co-op games right now <clears throat> until Jesse could come back and help them uh, learn to play games again. And Bruce yeah. ends with a with a quote, and I really like this quote. Um, I consider myself a pretty smart guy, and if I can get out of that room in The Last of Us Part two, and all these gamers are miles ahead of me, I'm impressed. I want to keep working and maybe someday be able to compete on the Internet his wife immediately turns to him and says, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that was a, a cute story. Um, mm-hmm. I really liked it. it. makes me feel good.
1: Yeah. I'm sure you've been there too. Like we all have like the friends or somebody that wants to learn how to play. And it can oh, be really I, I thought hard. you were referring to like,
0: you know, Jerry <laughs> I actually have that happen <laughs> with my
2: dad quite a bit. Um, every once in a while he gets a wild hair and he wants to play a spaceship game, but he loves Star Trek. And so I have, I have like, two or three Star Trek games on the PlayStation 2 that he can play. And so, like, I, like, he gets frustrated if I just spend too much time with him. So I, like, set him up and then, like, I play a little bit so he can see. And then he just, the third messes with it. He doesn't accomplish anything, but he loves the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fun. I enjoy that. So That's I cool.
0: That I, I think it's I think it's really cool that, like, an older couple just kind of out of the blue recognize, like, hey, mm-hmm. there's benefits to gaming. Uh, okay. They give it a shot, and they stick with it. Um, so that was it. Was just a cool, nice, warm <laughs> story. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, something that's less warm, though, is uh, you remember that once upon a time there was a Harry Potter game called Harry Potter Unite, and it was released by Niantic after Pokemon Go was released.
2: Yes. Do remember remember how
0: item? everyone got into that? Because Pokemon Go was doing so well. And they're like, oh, we want to do the same thing with Harry Potter. And it was so incredibly grindy. And there were so many different like item types. It was hard to keep track of different item types and the different limits for each item type. And like the, the mechanic for actually fighting the monsters required you to trace a pattern on your screen within a certain amount of time. And there was like... Questions of how the game even, uh, like properly scored you. Um, I also remember just how much money it required to even do anything on that game. Yeah. Apparently, all these things, uh, led it to its downfall. It is going to be shut down and wow. no longer, uh, be online. It goes offline forever, January 31st, 2022. That's about. <laughs> two years I think
2: are they gonna have a influx of a bunch of people playing it
0: <laughs> possibly um, online purchases are going to go on until um, I think it like until this month uh, it will be removed from the app stores on December 6th and in its final days, uh, while remaining bosses and events will continue to go alive until the end of January, um, they will make changes to make the game feel less grindy. And they will increase rewards. However, any money that players have already spent in-game will remain there. Uh, players will not be able to receive a refund on past purchases. So the Harry mm-hmm. Potter Wizards Unite is dead. Um which I, I'm trying to think of, like when the timeline was when J.K. Rowling started taking like a really hard transphobic stance on stuff, and I think this game was released before that.
2: Yeah, I, would,
0: um, I think so. I think right around that time, people started really putting down Harry Potter. Um, also, it was it, I remember it being so cumbersome. Like I had Pokemon Go and this game on my phone, and for like a week, I played both of them. But Pokemon Go was just so much more fun and easier to deal with. Um, and so I, I'd never, I never played Harry Potter Wizards Unite uh, after that, after I put it down the first time. So, yeah, it's going offline starting in January. Did you ever play that, Panda Pat?
2: I did not. Um, I watched my uh, cousin's wife. I almost said husband's wife. Cousin's wife uh, played a couple of times. Uh, and I think that's one of the reasons she kind of vetoed Pokemon Go, because like, she wanted to play that instead. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's like, no, I got rid of Pokemon Go, because I think she really enjoyed that one, but I don't think she spent a ton of money on it, so I don't know how long that lasted.
0: It'll be interesting to see how successful the new Pikmin Go is. Oh, yeah. Mm. I haven't played it. I'm sticking with Pokemon Go. So... Uh, but yeah, uh, I I know Chase and Ryan played it for a bit,
2: nice.
0: but I don't know if they kept up with it. So that game's going offline. Um, what else is going? What else is happening in the news? We've got. Uh, oh, there is going to be a D Make. Polygon uh, reported on a retro remake of Bloodborne that's going to be released for the PlayStation. Oh, it's going to have PlayStation One graphics, but you can play the game Bloodborne up until its second boss uh, with PlayStation One mechanics and graphics, and it looks pretty dope. Uh, I know that sounds kind of backwards for some people, but honestly, like there's uh, there is a market for retrofitting games.
2: Yeah. I like it as long as they um, the controls are not like old controls. Like I wish they would do that with the fifth element game that they did Uh, because that one I had a really hard time controlling it.
0: I didn't know they had a fifth element game.
2: They do and it took me like three years to find a copy and I finally found a copy at this world's game store that's over by my old apartment and I was so flippin' happy. And then I brought it home and I'm like, oh, this is unplayable.
0: Ooh, that's too bad. <laughs> There's
2: also a Farscape game that I've been looking for for a lot of years. It's only on PC, so I doubt I'll ever be able to find a working copy. So I'll have to get like a modded version or something, but yeah. Hmm. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> okay, there choice. will be PlayStation 1 mechanics in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means it's going to be a pain to control or not, but. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes after. The source code's going to get released publicly when the game gets released at the beginning of next year. Uh, so hopefully, people will come up with things like Bloodborne go kart and like <laughs> expansion levels or something, or just come up with something really, really, really wacky.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. And, uh, I don't know, do I want to get into, <sighs> cause I'm going I'm about to rant and I don't,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, gotten the, the opportunity here, you rant for like four weeks, totally miss it. <laughs> I'm sad.
0: I'm not drinking right now then. Uh, yeah, I, last week was a long one. I, I think I had to live, give myself a hard limit of like 12 minutes and I kind of like went over.
2: We should start putting a a timer and it'll ding at you when
0: you're out of time. Yeah. Uh, We'll just, we'll hit up um, one more story. Um, Cyberpunk 2077. Everyone remembers that game. Does anyone (laughs) play it anymore?
1: I I have no idea.
0: So apparently uh, it's on its third roadmap. Which, for anyone who does not remember because you put down Cyberpunk 2077 at the end of last year, once all the bugs were there, um, everything was so bad that the original roadmap had indications of free DLC, DLC, which would arrive in the first half of 2021. The next gen update for the game would arrive in the second half of 2021 with no free DLC released in the first half of 2021. However, that didn't pan out. They were still way behind on it, and they did a second roadmap, which would be free DLC and next-gen up, up, updates were lumped into one giant section for the second half of the year, but with no dates. Eventually, a few very small pieces of free DLC arrived with patch 1.3 in August. That didn't work. Now they're on their third roadmap. This new one indicates that free DLC and the next-gen update is coming in the first quarter of 2022. Um, it's possible to interpret this saying that there will not be any significant patches or any more free DLC released in the next two months bef- uh, before 2022, but that remains unclear. This is goes to show that companies will say and do anything to get you to forgive them, uh, and roadmaps don't mean jack shit. Uh, It's just a buzzword that when they're like, oh, we're sorry we released a game that didn't work. Here's a roadmap. (laughs) And it's like you're now going past your development time. The chances of you actually sticking through with these promises are very slim, especially if you're offering free DLC. You are essentially working off of money that you have already brought in. Um, You're no longer working to sell a product. You're working to maintain the product without any potential income. It's Roadmaps are just a bunch of crap. Um, I don't actually even remember the first game that incorporated roadmaps and was successful with it. I know there had to have been, because that's why companies started using the term roadmaps frequently. Um, I know Anthem had a whole roadmap thing laid out when its weaknesses were outlined. And then they never met any of it, and then they just decided that they uh-huh. were going to give up on the game. So roadmaps don't mean anything until these free patches of DLC come out for Cyberpunk 2077. I know the game's a lot more playable now, but I'd rather actually complete the game with all this free DLC that I was promised. Uh, I guess that I guess I'm just a sucker for buying the game ahead of time. Any comments on that? No? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll just move on.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, It's good to have a roadmap, at least that they know where they're going, right? It shows that they care. That's at least... I feel at least that's a part of it, right? To, to show that you have a roadmap shows you somewhat care about your product still. <laughs> so,
0: mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily show that you're... Um, uh, that you are... well, a roadmap doesn't show that a company cares for th- their products. What it shows in my opinion is uh, a desperation to say and do things uh, to keep a player base. Especially when you had games like Anthem or Marvel's Avengers that were supposed to be a consistent income stream for them. And it turned out that those were not at all like feasible or they were super profitable. So they come up with these roadmaps and these plans to give the illusion that they have... Um, that they're in control of the situation and things will inevitably get better. But there is no guarantee that it will get better because you have cases like Anthem um, where the games just kind of give out. But I get what you're saying. It's better to have something rather than nothing. Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, Galaxy of Heroes does a road ahead. Like usually I think they're doing, they try to do one a quarter, and then to me, that's like just like it's kind of like the pipeline, right? And we have them at work, right? It's kind of like your pipeline. It's, and that's probably the way I'm taking it. But also like the mobile game I play, they have a road ahead, and that's one of the things we ask for. Like as a player base, show us like we don't need all the details, but at least kind of tell us where we're headed, right? So, so I think if you're at least,
2: I've never heard that term before. Map. Yeah.
0: So when they say a roadmap, what they're talking about, it's, okay, a roadmap, the the term roadmap, in my opinion, is a buzzword. It's supposed to mean something. And...
2: Mm -hmm. I I know what the definition of it is, obviously, I just never heard it in gaming before.
0: Oh, it's been used with Anthem. It's been used for a while. And it's probably Um, somewhat more newer being that. Yeah,
1: that's actually interesting. I kind of want to look that up. Because, right, think back to like... Two,
2: Someone with a good marketing team.
1: Right, because back in like 2005, you weren't doing DLC really, right? It was once the PS3s and Xbox um, 360 kind of hit with the DLCs that they probably started thinking about roadmaps. How are we going to keep the player base engaged beyond the launch of the game? Because before, they probably didn't really care, right? They, they did but didn't, right? Because they want you to enjoy the game but there wasn't as much online then right
2: Mm -hmm. right well it was it was a one and done instead of uh then they started doing online games where they would uh, add more content to keep the player subscribed i guess that probably was always a thing with wow
1: right that probably has a road ahead just like my mobile game so and i and i'm thinking of it more from like the business sense right for my job right we have roadmaps of where do we plan to be in you know the next 6 months with this project or or in overall um, production so
0: yeah so um, the the most successful okay so here's here's an argument against roadmaps right it's it seems that's the only thing i've been arguing for have you guys um read up on what happened with No Man's Sky. Nope. So
2: um I heard it was like super super good and then I heard it just had a random like falling out and I don't know.
0: No, it's quite the opposite. So I would give I would refer our listeners and um my panelists to check out a video done by Internet Historian and uh, if you go to YouTube and you type up Internet Historian No Man's Sky, uh, he goes into the history of what happened with No Man's Sky. Um, it's a longer video. It's 53 minutes. So if, you, if, if you're down for like the online video essays, he does a really good job at it. But the idea was that um, it was going to be a space exploration game and a lot was promised. They promised the entire moon on this. And they could not deliver because they were just a small indie team. When the game came out because of a variety of different conditions, the game not only came out not having any content, but it also came out as a buggy mess. And they already made their money. They were able to move on to a different project. But at the senior level in that indie game studio, they decided, we're going to keep on working on it. The money stream is still coming in. We've made up everything, and we've already made a profit. We can pay the team. Let's go ahead and not demolish the studio. Let's, Let's fix the game. They did not release any roadmaps, because they realized that by promising content, Uh, they got themselves into trouble in the first place. They just got their heads down. They worked at it. Uh, The boss decided to shield his team members from all the negative press. Uh, He advised them to turn off their social media so they didn't get any backlash. And he just forwarded all of the negative news press and everything to his phone so that he can list out the things, the biggest complaints that people had. And they just started releasing content. Um, They didn't have a roadmap. They didn't tell people what was being expected. It was just, boom, all of a sudden, was it four months later after release, they got a huge patch and the game was visibly better. And then another three months later, boom, they got another big patch and they never promised anything. Uh, But they're still working and expanding the game today. And No Man's Sky has gone from a sad tale of hubris to one of the biggest success stories that rivals Final Fantasy XIV. In terms of turning a product around, the story of No Man's Sky mm-hmm. r- rivals that of Final Fantasy XIV, in my opinion. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and, you know, that story, that was a gigantic mess. And so much where mm-hmm. like the company bowed in apology to the audience about releasing such a horrible game. Uh, no Man's Sky kind of had a similar situation. So I would... It's called the um, the Engudening of No Man's Sky by Internet Historian. He's got 16 million views on it. It was done about a year ago. 53 minutes long. Very informative. But that would be my argument against a roadmap. Like, I don't think a company necessarily needs to have a roadmap. Because I don't think roadmap... I mean, like... Yeah, some people will take comfort in knowing that they're that the company is working on it. Um, but it's just another promise that you're being held to, and if you don't meet it, and you have your third roadmap like CD Project Red with with Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, you just you just get laughed at. So. Well, you can have a roadmap. You just may not need to make it public. I think
1: you have to have a roadmap to right. Plan I your like game.
0: obviously internal plans. Right, but they don't need to be sharing it with public. Yeah, because now they're on their their second revision of it, and it's not really working out for them. All right, here we go. Hey guys, so uh, hey, I watched I watched uh, Lula Rich uh, with Michelle. Uh, what was it today? We just watched Lula Rich. It's a it's a documentary on Amazon. Have you guys heard of it? Have you have you seen it?
2: Have
1: you I know what it's known. about.
0: Mm-mm. Nope. You guys, you guys heard Lula Roe, right? Yep, that's where my brain went when you said Lula. Yeah, so Lula Rich is a documentary done on Amazon about Lula Ro and it's complete clusterfuck of a downfall. The company started in 2013, blew up to a billion-dollar business because it was a pyramid scheme. Tens and thousands oh, no. of housewife women were drawn into the company, but because of its pyramid scheme structure, the majority of any money earned was brought in through bonuses of recruiting people underneath you. So th-
2: Right. Wait, are these yes, the, leggi- the leggings? Yes, they were selling the legging,
0: the leggings.
2: Oh, okay. I saw a couple of mm-hmm.
0: those. So, uh, when Washington State sued LuLaRoe for being a pyramid scheme, they came up with this handy, nifty graph. And the graph showed the percentage of payouts because of recruitment bonuses versus payouts of actually selling the product. And the payouts for recruitment bonuses were, were in the millions, while payouts for like sold product was actually slightly negative. Um, Oh, wow. It was a, I know people that were in it. It's biggest, like the the bursting point was the market, the demographic was so saturated with women trying to enlist into Row to sell leggings to other women who were enlisting to Row. It became unsupportable and it just kind of collapsed. It is still a company today. It's still a piece of shit company. Um, but why am I bringing this up, right? Yeah, Mike, why are you bringing this up? Well, because it's <laughs> shitty capitalism, um, for one. But the other thing, too, there, there is a, they interview a variety of people. They interview uh, people who were who caught in the scam. They interviewed the CEO and president. They interview an investigative journalist. They interview a lawyer. Uh, and then they interviewed this random person, this girl. Uh, she was incredibly knowledgeable of the entire thing. Normally, when people are brought up in documentaries, that has their name and kind of like their title or like how they were involved. So it's like, uh, I'm making this name of uh, Jenna uh, uh, Maccabee. And it's like a class action lawsuit lawyer or something. She's talking about the lawsuit. Or, you know, this person investigative journalist and she's talking about the stuff that she found out there was one particular person who they were interviewing and all it was for her, it had her name and then it just said Lula Rowe expert, that was the only title and then when she's introducing herself she's like my name is blah 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 I have no connection to Lula Rowe I just kind of wake up and whenever I want to smile I would search Lula Rowe And I've kind of become an expert in the whole topic. (laughs) Michelle leans over to me and she's like, that's you with Activision Blizzard. (laughs) I'm the person who wants to get my blood boiling. So I will look up Activision Blizzard shenanigans and I will read it. And it's gotten to the point where Michelle is like, you are literally just a secondhand expert that you can be interviewed in a documentary and you would be a good source of information. Because this girl, even though she had no job in LuLaRoe, she didn't investigate or wasn't like part of like a lawyer team. She really had no connection to LuLaRoe. She literally did it because the entire story was so fantastically ridiculous to her that she kept in touch with it. Read the subpoenas. She reads the court documents, and she's like, "I just do it because I just think it's fun, and I like to laugh at Lula Roe and that's why I'm here." Like she just admits it. That's kind of where I'm at, and I I don't think I'm ever I'm going to stop anytime soon with Activision Blizzard, uh, because I found some interesting trends. Um, so let's let's talk. I'm going to go in in chronological order, okay. <sighs> November second at uh, 1. 35 p.m. Remember when Blizzard uh, when um when Jab when Jab was was fired from his position? Okay, Jab uh, J. Allen Brack. For those of you who don't remember, he was the president of Blizzard up until the middle of this year. He was filmed in a 2010 BlizzCon convention making fun. Oh, he was part of a pa- of a group of panelists making fun of a woman who asked that the female characters of WoW not look like they walked out of Victoria's Secret. Right? <laughs> he was the president. Yeah, I um, he got fired. Of course, they don't say fire; they say that he stepped down. It was you no, know, it was a firing. He gets fired, I think it was July, like literally uh, like two weeks after he released like a public statement saying, I will not tolerate this and I am going to do my best to change the culture here at Blizzard in two weeks. He steps down. It was a firing. He was replaced by two people, Mike Ibarra and Jen O'Neill. It was uh, it was a, a Basically, they they were they were called co-leaders at Blizzard. It's really important to remember that titles mean a lot in the business world. Uh, Blizzard has gone from a CEO to once they got acquired by Activision to a president, and now there are co-leaders. Okay, Um, Jen O'Neill was uh, she was a co-leader. And she was the head of Vicarious Visions, which Activision absorbed into Blizzard earlier this year. And uh, Vicarious Visions was part of Activision, but it was absorbed into the Blizzard component. She had been with Activision for more than 20 years. She was decided, hey, you can be a great co-leader with Blizzard. At On November 2nd... Um, She has announced that she will no longer be leading Activision Blizzard. She is stepping down, which leads to Mike Ibarra being the sole boss. The female leadership of Blizzard that was, I'm sure, an act on Activision's side to show that Blizzard is trying to be equal opportunity for women as well. Look, we have a woman co-leader. That woman is now stepping down. (laughs) i i had a boss uh when i worked at um when i worked at hill air force base i don't want to share too much information about this but i had a boss she was a fantastic boss um she was compassionate she was caring she really cared about the work and i remember one time i was in a conversation with her and she just kind of revealed to me like yeah i'm gonna step down and i'm like why and she says I, I don't know if it's because like I'm, I'm a woman in a, in a male-dominated field or whatever, but I really feel like the pressure is crushing me. And I, and I just I don't want to do it anymore, so I'm going to step down. And, and the process of her stepping down into an engineering role equivalent to mine was really difficult for her. And it was really difficult for everyone else. And I feel like this is a similar situation. Jen O'Neill was supposed to be like the giant representation of, look, equality leadership at Blizzard for women, and now she ends up stepping down. And it sounds very much like it was, the, the pressure was was way too much for her. Uh, and that's not a weakness on her side. That's just the level of scrutiny and expectations that Activision Blizzard's currently under. Um, Activision is creating a, a a paltry $1 million grant to the Women in Games International in her honor for stepping down. <laughs> um, so she's now going to be working with Mikey Barr to figure out, okay, what do we do with this million dollars? Uh, Activision CEO Bobby Cocktick commented on O'Neill's departure in an interview with Beat. I had a lot of confidence, and still do, in Jen's ability to lead. I think she really wants to go and transform the industry. Her mission in life is making great games and transforming the industry so that gaming uh, so that gaming, as more women enter the workforce is more inviting and welcoming to women. It will be a great opportunity for us to partner with her as she leads the charge. Um, she says that I'm not doing this because I am without hope for Blizzard. Quite the opposite. I am inspired by the passion of everyone here working towards meaningful lasting change with their whole hearts. Uh, This energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more to have games and diversity intersect and hopefully make a broader industry impact that will benefit Blizzard and other studios as well. While I'm totally not sure with what form that will take, I'm excited to embark on a new journey to find out. Who receives a promotion and within six months says, I was so inspired that I decided to step out into the unknown with no like, for sure plan. <laughs> no, she yeah. she's leaving because of just the tremendous pressure that was probably on her. Um, so that happens November second at one thirty-five. Um, also on November second at five p.m. Just a couple hours later, Diablo Four and Overwatch Two is delayed and may be twenty twenty-three games. Overwatch Two has been a joke in the sense of they announced that game so long ago, um, and uh, it's like, oh, it it it's just it's it's just a legend that it's even like in production. Um, Diablo Four has, I know, been uh, shafted and restarted. I know they wanted to step away from. Diablo three style. Uh, Diablo 1 and 2 were a lot more horror-oriented, and Diablo 3 was more action-oriented. Diablo 4 is trying to go back to the horror and is trying to go like a more Dark Souls approach, from what I understand, and I think that project got scrapped. It has had a change in director. Overwatch 2, or Overwatch's director, stepped down uh, because of the incredible change of leadership and just everything that um, has gone through. There is no guidance for these two games, and they have been delayed until 2000. Well, they've been delayed indefinitely, but the estimate is that they will come out in 2023. Okay. With that being the case, I put two screenshots in after this next story came up. Activision just had its worst day in 13 years, says one technician. Um, and uh, it says it could be so bad that it's good. This was this was uh November fourth at seven in the morning, which means that the stock market really hit Activision hard the day after these two announcements were released. After the stepping down of the co-leader and stepping down or and, and Overwatch Two and Diablo Four being delayed, um Activision took a massive hit. In its stocks, it had dropped from seventy-five dollars down to just like sixty-six in like the space of a single day. When you look at the stock, if you look at uh, if you type in Activision Blizzard stock into Google and you hit the past five days, it's going to be closer. To, well, you'll probably by the time this podcast comes out, you'll have to hit the month. There is a like a solid red wall. Of just dropped stock. Wow. It's at the point now where some economic uh specialists are speculating that this was an oversell. An oversell is when something happens in the company and so many people want out of it that um the market will eventually correct itself. People will say, Oh, look, it's cheap now and they'll buy back and it will kind of re regulate. There's speculation that this is oversell, but I haven't seen an improvement yet. Um and also, it's worth it's worth noting that having a five-day trend and looking at that five-day trend um, doesn't correctly show how well the company is doing. You have to kind of look at longer trends. And I posted a second picture over six months, uh, starting in June of 2021, where the stock was touching $100 a share. And over the past six months, It's had its dips and some rises and some dips and some rises, but it has very, very steadily decreased since uh, July, since the lawsuits were announced. It has gone from a stock price of potentially $100 a share to now $67.42 as of November 4th at 2.13 p.m it has lost 30 something 33% of its stock value in the course of 6 months which goes to show because and this this is kind of funny and sad because it's funny because bobby coctick loves to increase his salary every year if you followed activision blizzard the past couple of years he always added millions upon millions of dollars onto his paycheck because he would love to show the stock prices and being like, look at what I did for your company, pay me more. But those were artificial inflations because he would fire thousands of people and close studios. And he just like, he's like, no, give me a paycheck increase. I want an increase. I want bonuses. And, you know, he does things like cut off support for StarCraft Two, Heroes of the Storm. All this just artificially inflates the value of your company. It's not true value. And so him dropping his paycheck to $62,000, it becomes even more obvious that, like, having used stocks as his main reason for a pay increase, he's now saying... I'm going to be paid the bare minimum now because look at how devoted I am to this company because he can't use the stock price anymore for saying how good he is because he's not. So he's, he's doing that and he's putting all this money into betterments for the company. And the sad part is five years from now when most of this becomes forgotten, let's hope not, but five years from now when most of this becomes forgotten and if he's not fired by the board, the first thing that's going to go to start raising the value of this country, not country, wow. <laughs> first thing he's going to do to start raising the value of this company will be to get rid of all these programs. Get rid of like the equality stuff. Get rid of like the like the the efforts to make equal pay. And it is, uh, it's going to hit the developers really hard. So that's my rant. How long did I go for? I didn't keep track, but it's pretty good. You're, I mean, for the whole
1: podcast, we're 48 minutes, so okay, on, we're on good track, man. <laughs> I
0: like it. <laughs> I just, this whole thing pisses me off. And I love so that you much. keep us,
1: it's like your wife said, you keep me up to the no on it. I might find stories or stuff and post them in our chat and not always get a chance to read them, but you're always up to up to speed on everything, so.
0: You know what? I haven't even really read up on that whole like I promised our audience that I was going to take a look at that one other story that really interested me. It was with the artificial inflation of like auction prices for video game for vintage video game memorabilia. I haven't looked at that story at all <laughs> since because I've been most of my time is going into this Activision Blizzard bullshit. So I ne- I really need to look that story up and see like how it's developing because the legal the legalities are still going through it, but yeah, that's um, Activision Blizzard shenanigans. I can't wait for the next lawsuit. Um, I will probably read the legal documents this time around. But yeah, what have you guys been playing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Panda Pat, what have you been playing?
2: Okay, so I started getting into Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> well, well not. Go and Let's Go. Because I talked about Pokemon Go last time I was on. But I also got back into Pokemon Let's Go um, because this was the reasoning. I started playing Sword again because I lost my game. Um, and I got to the part where you get the special Eevee or the special Pikachu. And I want both. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you stopped the game?
2: So I stopped the Sword game started playing let's go Pikachu to get to the point like you got to get to like you know one save before you can and get the Pokemon in the in the in the sword (laughs) and then I just kept playing and so like I've almost beat that and I'm like man I know it's the same exact game but I still want to play Eevee and I'm kind of like trying to decide if I just buy it or if I just play someone else's and get the EV. Like at first I was just going to play someone else's and get the EV, but now I'm like I want it for my collection.
0: Wow, you (laughs) really stopped your uh, entire playthrough of a game (laughs) because you you wanted like a little special reward that you can get at any point in the game by the
2: way. Uh huh. Yes, I don't have it. <laughs> this is the problem. This is why I never finish games because I get to a point where I'm like, "Oh man, now I've got to do this." <laughs> and you go
0: off on another tangent.
2: <laughs> yeah. I
0: actually um, have not played how Let's how played Go. It. Michelle's played Evie. I
2: I. It's really nice because with I I hated the way they did the whole controller situation at first. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because when I first got my Switch, it had. Terrible, terrible drift, and it was like so hard to play. It drove me insane. And then I realized I can play the whole game if I put it on my TV with one hand and one controller. So I'm just sitting there in bed, sideways, just playing video games. It's like the easiest game to ever play, and it's like (laughs) (laughs) I like it a (laughs) lot. I'm like, why are more games like this? I don't need two hands. I can sit sideways. I don't have to focus. You know, when you you're playing a game and go like to a tough part. And you have to sit up and like really focus oh, yeah. on it. You don't have to do that. And then
1: you know it's ever. real and it's real. Like you're really got, kind of, when you stand up and you're like a foot from the TV and you're like, I will beat you. <laughs> that's, that's when they hit. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. So yeah, if yeah. it helps, I don't have to do if that. If it
1: helps, Target next week buy to get one free on video games.
2: Ooh, that does help because I've been just waiting for Evie to go on sale. Because I'm not going to pay full price for a game that I probably will never finish. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, it's still 60. So that is. It's still 60, but I mean, Buy Two Game and Free brings it down to roughly 40. So, yeah, take it for what it's worth. So, start Sunday. Nice. Board games, mix and match board games, movies, video games.
2: I was also thinking, like, doing. Because I was also thinking that Black Friday would probably have something, but I guess it is already Black Friday season. Yeah,
1: stores are now doing, like, the November Black Friday. Like, it's really weird. Like, they're all pushing out deals all through the month.
2: I'm pretty sure I've already got, like, a notification from, like, uh, Walmart or something saying that they already have Black Friday. Yeah, it's like the days
1: of Black Friday or something. Yep.
2: Mm -hmm. Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) You
2: know, I used to go really hardcore in, like like hunting down the best deals for like video games and stuff, because I would wait like once a year to buy a bunch of shit to like fill in my collection of games that I would probably never actually physically play, but I wanted to have them for my collection. And so I would search all of these different platforms and I had a whole list out. And then, and then I'd end up drinking too much on Thanksgiving and it would never happen, (laughs) (laughs) but I always felt good about it.
0: Uh, or
1: right now, GameStop has it for forty nine ninety four, brand new. There you go.
2: Ooh. So. My sister picked up freaking uh, the the Zelda that came out with the Switch for like thirty seven dollars. I was like, what? And I didn't have any money to get it at the time, so I didn't. But I should have, because that's one that like it's gonna take me time to play, so I'm gonna put it off for like months and months and months. Um, and so I don't want to buy it until it's on sale. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering when they were going to get, like, the greats. Usually Nintendo does the greats of the console and takes, like, the first, like, five Nintendo games or so and puts them at the $20 price tag.
2: Oh, that would be cool. You know what I mean?
1: They usually have their, like, the Wii greatest hits or whatever, and then they're like, here's, like, the five. Right. Um. But yeah, so that's
0: cool. Just some-
2: Did you guys know that GameStop sells clothing yes. with their brand name on it? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, side note. I don't know
0: I when GameStop decided that they wanted it to be Hot Topic, but that's pretty much what they yeah. are now.
2: I do, I do remember uh, working at the comic book store and having like Charles talk to me about how they were going to start selling a bunch more toys, they were going to not sell as many games, and they were going to look into selling uh, comic books, which I actually had. Um, back in the day when I worked at GameStop, they did a few comic books for um, for Gears of War. I think it was the second or the third one that released that they did a special edition that was GameStop exclusive. And that was like the first comic book ever from GameStop. And like 10 years later, they're like doing more, I think, but I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> My priorities.
0: Well, Cool. Any other games are you that you're playing? Just those two?
2: Just those two. Other
0: than that, I've been too busy. Bleh. And uh, Jamie, I think uh, you're pretty worse for wear, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, with all the overtime, I played a little bit on Sunday, and I just played Ninja Gaiden, which was awesome and frustrating at the same time. Uh, I don't know why. I just had this urge to go back and play the 2000, what is that, 2005, 2003 Ninja Gaiden? It
2: was. Was that the uh, Ninja Guidance Z? Sigma.
1: There was a, well, oh, they had crazy. it had multiple names. They did, um, and then they finally put it on the PS3, and then they did the the Sigmas for like the Vita. And this is the same Sigma. Yeah, I found that collection for like twenty bucks. Yeah, one. I found the collection for like twenty bucks. <laughs> they just remastered it, so I nice. bought it, and I was like, kind of want to play through this again. So I'm on. I'm like over halfway now. So such an old game. I'm finally. Uh, I think on chapter 11 and I think there's only 19 chapters so Uh, I just wasn't in the mood to stream that's the other hard part is um, I don't know if like Horizon Zero Dawn is like the best game to stream because there's times where it's really fun and like people can be engaged and there's other parts where you're just walking around you know what I mean so um, right
2: right I have a hard time wanting to stream games that I'm new at like if I'm learning because I do a lot of like Pacing. It's not pacing. I'm like searching the walls for shit. And I know that that's not something that's entertaining for people. So I always try to play games that I've like already played. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it's entertaining. Yeah.
1: Um, other than that, just Star Wars uh, Galaxy Heroes. And I was kind of telling Mike this week's I've been like terrible. Uh, I haven't really done Conquest. Everyone's complaining about Conquest again. um The road ahead had some like positive things in it. I'm just waiting to see if it gets better. Um, overall, the whole game. So, so we'll see where it goes. They've they've added the bonus calendars, and of course, they're trying to get you to buy more calendars and, you know, spend money on the game because they want to make money. So,
2: Mm-mm. right.
0: But yeah, Mike. What have you been playing? Um, uh, not a whole bunch. Again, busyness, busy, busy. Um, uh, but I have been playing a lot of um Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, I really got obsessive over uh, Shadowbringers when, now that I'm in that expansion. Um, that's a, that's some really good writing for an MMO, I think. Um, so I'm really jumping into that. Uh, playing some Dragon Quest Eleven, And that's about it. Uh, the past 24 hours I've been kind of dicking around with this mobile game. It's called item sh- or Tiny Item Shop, or Tiny Shop. And as fun as the concept is, um, it is so filled with ads, and it is so filled with monetization that it really ruins the fun. So now I kind of want to play, like, an actual item shop game uh, that's not mobile. Because I want something better than this. I really enjoy the concept of this mobile game. But it's just so uh, it's just I almost want to just delete it uh, until I find a replacement. <laughs> but like uh, I like it is it is fun if you could ignore the ads and you can ignore the monetization in it, but I kind of just want to play a serious like item game or a business game other than Stardew Valley. I played that, and I will go back to that soon eventually. But that's all I really had a chance to play. I haven't really gotten too much into anything else. Just kind of a busy week. Now that the holidays have started to roll around, we have quotas that we have to meet because people are going to start disappearing from the offices or from online once Thanksgiving hits. This is around the time of year where people, like the older people are like, oh, I've got use it or lose it time. So I'm just going to take two months off.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, that's me next week. I'm taking a few days off cuz I need to use it
0: <laughs> or lose it. So, yeah, we don't get that, a
1: bank anymore, so it's it's just I get 4 weeks a year. So, you just have to take it or you don't get to use it. So, I want to take care of my want to use my benefits.
0: Yeah, it's um so it, it I'm kind of I'm kind of pressed for time a little bit. But aside from that, I haven't really been playing a whole bunch um nothing new
1: nice um there was something i was gonna say and i forgot <laughs> oh guess what i picked up today what did you pick up the collector's edition of metroid dread my game sub got in more
0: really nice. yeah
1: yeah they got in more amiibo of it too they had um multiple of the game subs I, was, I went to two of them today um uh the one is uh i found a zalbar figure from knights of the old republic at uh a different game sub, but I have it pre-ordered at a different one, um, and that person's horrible. The new the new guy there is horrible about calling and saying your stuff's come in. Um, so hopefully they get better. Um, but yeah, one of the other managers um, at another game sub was like, "Hey, this came in. Do you want it?" And I was like, "Yes, please." <laughs> so nice. So yeah, that's cool. I really like Dread. So I know some people have said it's tough, um, but I really enjoyed it, and I think it's probably from playing the other Metroids that I I really enjoy the game so i was glad to get the collector's edition
0: i'm really happy that you got the collector's edition as yeah.
1: well yeah i thought it was gone i was like shocked It's like int- i've actually seen the zelda amiibos like target had like four of them um I, multiple game setups. i know before i don't think they still do but they've had multiple of the loft wing and zelda at multiple times so that's been it was rough at first and i'm wondering if it's all with the shipping and everything from covid but it's, it's a little bit better than it was at the beginning with these when these games launched, so that's good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I think that kind of covers everything, and we are at one hour, guys. We did pretty Yeah, good just day. over. We did Ooh. good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So is there anything else that anyone wants to bring up before we close for the week? No. How about you, Jamie? Is guess... there something that we normally...
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, Mike. I need you to game harder this week.
2: <laughs> got it. Oh, my Actually, God.
1: Actually, everyone should game harder.
2: Gross. I'm <laughs> not into group stuff.
0: I don't know what their Sims mods you seem to be. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. It gets so much worse.
0: <laughs> you haven't. T- okay, before we end, you got any new Sims mods that we should know about? at all
2: um
0: <laughs> is that weird to ask i don't know i like
2: no well well so i don't like really keep up on the mods most of the time i have them deleted because they do so many updates it's kind of a pain in the ass to delete the mods that break and then reinstall them so usually i just when i when i have a wild hair i'll just download a bunch of mods well okay so so i deleted a bunch um cuz they weren't working uh, but I hadn't moved him into the right folder, and then I accidentally restored it from my one drive, and I'm playing Sims up at my grandmother's. I loaded up all of the porn that are <laughs> on there, and I'm in my grandmother's house. That was very awkward. Like, of course, she didn't see or anything. Like, it wasn't that weird, but I was just kind of like, I not have porn at my <laughs> <the> grandmother's house. <laughs> yeah, I have a problem. Nice.
0: All right, well, this time we we will really log off, but uh, game harder, everyone. (laughs) Yep.
2: All right, bye. Bye. Bye.